Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this Monday, March 13, 2023. I'm your host, Wes Chang. The topic for our podcast today is obvious. On Friday, Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim announced his retirement after 47 years as head coach of the Orange. Love him or hate him, the numbers are indisputable. 1,116 wins. Five Final Fours, the 2003 National Championship, five Big East Tournament Championships, College Coach of the Year in 2010, and a Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame inductee in 2005, all at the same school. You may not love Jim Beheim. He may have overstayed his welcome by a few seasons and remained stubbornly loyal to the 2-3 zone, but you cannot deny that he put Syracuse basketball on the map and is the single most important figure in Syracuse athletics history. He's coached some great players over the time. Louie and Bowie, Pearl Washington, Sherman Douglas, Derek Coleman, Carmelo Anthony, Hakeem Warwick, Johnny Flynn, and all the way to the present with his son, Buddy Beheim. And another one of those Syracuse great players was Josh Pace from the 2003 National Championship team. We welcome him back on the program today. Josh, how are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, Josh, doing well over here. I want to get you started on this one, which is Jim Beheim's retirement. 47 years, he's no longer the head coach at Syracuse. You played for him from 2001 to 2005. You won a national championship with him. You were an all-biggest honorable mention your senior year. What did you think when you heard the news? Well, it was obviously shocking information. Um, you know, Coach has, has been uh, the face of, the, of our program, Syracuse, for the last 47 years, obviously. Basically built it from the ground up. So the tradition and um, the history that we have, at the end of the day, it's all contributed to him. So for him to uh, announce his retirement and, um, you know, for it to be the end in terms of that part of our history, it's a very sad day. He's a legend, obviously, and, um, you know, very, very happy to be a part of the historic uh, program that is Syracuse. It's going to continue to continue to move forward, but uh, yesterday was a very sad day. But it's also, it's also a, a good day because he was able to, you know, for the most part, go out on his own terms. He was able to coach his sons. Uh, you know, he won a national championship, obviously, in 2003, into multiple Final Fours. Uh, you know, he has so many accolades that, um, you know, it's a sad day, but it's also a celebration as well. Josh, do you have a favorite Jim Beheim memory? Well, just to be able to uh, be a part of that championship team that uh, that won the national championship for our program and to, to, to contribute to that, for him to uh, – 
trust me in those moments in the tournament in 2003, obviously a long time ago. But, I mean, even just being at Syracuse this past weekend, to, to still get that same love and, uh, you know, that, that same feel from our fan base was really cool. You know, but just, just being a part of that run. And, um, you know, he actually came when he was recruiting me. He came down to Georgia, came to my house. And my mom was – he. I think he told this story this weekend, but my mom was crying because she knew I wanted to go. And they went outside, and he basically had a conversation with my mom saying that he'll be okay, we're going to take care of him. And so she was fine after that. And um, he held up his end of the bargain. You know, we were able to get a championship out of that. But that was a, that was kind of a cool story. My mom was literally bawling crying. And he, 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 he consoled her and told her that I was going to be all right up there in New York. <laughs> yeah, I think it worked out pretty well, Josh. And speaking of the 20th reunion, how was it? It was excellent. It was excellent. We had a we had a panel uh, with me, myself, Quest, Hakeem, Jerry, Coach Beham, Mello, and uh, uh, did I say G Mac and Coach Beham? Yep. So we had a panel in front of everybody on on Friday with questions and answers while we watched the the championship game. So that was really cool. And then Saturday, we at halftime they uh they honored the 2003 championship team. And then at the end of the game, and we got a win against Wake Forest, obviously. But um, and at the end of that game, they did our they did the presentation of uh, G Mac and Hakeem's jersey. Retired their jerseys in front of everybody. That was pretty cool as well. Coach Bayham made a point that he said his retirement speech that Saturday, but it didn't necessarily sound like a retired speech, but it did kind of sound uh, like there was some content. He was content at that moment in terms of um, after this season, after whatever happened with this season, he could possibly retire. So that's the feel that I got from it. Josh, let's talk about the actual team. Go back 20 years ago. Tell me when you thought you guys actually had a legitimate chance to win the national championship. Well, once once Mello and G-Mac and Matt Gorman, once that crew got on campus, um, well, I'll tell this quick story. So when I, when I, when I got to Syracuse my, coming in my freshman year, the seniors and juniors, they pulled us all together. We went to Archibald, Archibald Gymnasium, and they basically played, put us together to where it's freshmen and sophomores versus the senior, junior class, right? Uh, so basically, let's see what what y'all got. Let's who played about seven, eight games, a couple of hours. Um, but it was established that okay, we freshmen, we coming in to help, obviously. And um, you know, we got we got to figure out our roles. Obviously, coach is going to figure out roles. But you know, this is a good program. This is a good team. We're going to fit in uh, and and figure it out and have a good year. So we kind of basically tried to do the same thing with Melo and G Mac when they came, Matt that group when they came, because we didn't have the only senior we had that next year was Quest. We had Jeremy McNeil, who was a junior, but Quetta was our, obviously our leader of the team. So we did the same thing. We put Mello, we put Mello, Jerry, Matt with a, with with you know a couple of walk-ons or whatever. Um, so same situation, you know, we're gonna play, and then after this we'll have a conversation, see where we at without the coaching staff, get a feel for everybody. And after that, after that uh, run of games with Jerry and, and Mello, I mean, it was clear that Mello was the best player on the floor, and it was clear that Jerry um, brought an edge and. A competitive, a competitiveness, and a really nice, obviously offensive game, especially shooting at that point of his career, to where we 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 could tell that we was going to have a chance even without the coaching staff being around. Josh, let's talk about the actual game now. I was at the Superdome. I was watching as Kirk Heinrich's shot comes up short. I'm now watching you as you walk over to the baseline with your hands up. Obviously, you're happy, but wondering if you were looking at someone and just take me through what's happening in your mind at that point. Well, I wasn't necessarily looking at anybody, but just that, um, you know, okay, so uh, we were we were kind of like in man's own matchup, kind of. Uh, I was assigned to Kirk Heinrich, you know, just to trail him, lock and trail him, and then I'll sit in my side of the zone 
we kind of got off of that plan. Every, I think it was me, Billy, and Melo. We kind of followed them all the way around to the corner, and I wanted to make sure that I got a contest on this shot because I was the original matchup with him, even though it kind of we got switched off. But it was me, Billy, and Melo contesting the shot. I think it was Billy or, or, or Quest. It was either Quest, me, and Melo, or Billy, me, and Melo. But we contested the <laughs> shot. Um, it was short. So I was just happy that he didn't make the shot. So I just, you know, put my hands up right there and was just, you know, looking in the crowd like, what? Like, you know, and nobody thought we was going to be here. I was I was freestyling, man. I, I wasn't looking at anybody specifically. I was just kind of <laughs> in, in my own moment. And then I kind of snapped back and, okay, let me go find my teammates. So, Josh, we'll get you out of here on this. The last time we spoke, you were about to get the head coaching job at Western New Mexico. So it's been a couple of years now. The first question is, how's that going for you? And the second is, could you ever see yourself coaching you know, not necessarily at the same school, but coaching in general for 47 years? Well, it's going really well. We I had we had our best year this season. Uh, we got double-digit wins. That's the first time that's happened in a while. That was the first time that I've gotten double-digit wins as the head coach. We won eight eight conference games, um, came in third on our division, on our side of the conference. Uh, that's the best that I've done in terms of conference wins, and that's the most that's happened here in a long time as well. So uh, we're, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Had a, had, a, had a decent year. We, we probably dropped a few games early that we could have won to get into our conference tournament, but we had a really good second half of the year. And for the most part, we got all of our, our core coming back. So right now we're just recruiting and trying to get in student athletes who are you know, willing to come in here and work hard, take care of their business, and help us keep moving this thing forward. Um, yeah, what was, what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, the second part was could you see yourself coaching for 47 years? That's you know what I don't know I don't know if I can see myself doing that you know I, I you know I got some things that I do want to do when I get around Coach Behan's age obviously but um for him to for him to do that and like I said that forty seven years at your, at your at your alma mater and you were the you were the person that was primarily responsible for the success of that program I mean that's that might not be done again that might be he might be the last one you know so you know regardless of um how what what people are saying you can hear the talk obviously. You heard the talk the last few years. Um, Coach Beheim absolutely deserves to go out on his own terms if that's what he wanted. I don't know if it necessarily played out like that. You know, um, he is who he is. He's a great guy. He has a he has a personality that everybody, you know, some people can handle it, some people can't. So he's going to be fine. You know, we re- we reached out to him after uh, yesterday after the retirement. I reached out. You know, he's I think he's in a good space. You know, but me doing 47 years of coaching. I don't know if that's going to happen. And then on top of that, he did it at one school. So, you know, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. That was awesome. Really appreciate it. We'll catch up with you soon. I appreciate you. You got my number anytime. Anytime you're ready, I'm ready. Josh Pace, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the 2003 National Championship team, and Josh was my favorite player in that squad. And it wasn't because he was the most talented and he wasn't the best scorer, but he just did all those little things that made the team successful. He's just a perfect role player for that team. I actually told him that, and he said thank you, and added if you know he was my favorite player on that team that I must really know basketball. So I take that, obviously, as a huge compliment from Josh. Really glad to hear he's doing so well at Western New Mexico. And you know that we're going to hear more from Josh on the coaching front as time moves on, so we're definitely going to keep a close eye out on that. We'll take a quick break. I'll be joined by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief Brad Bierman after. I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. 
So there was a lot of controversy over how Syracuse announced Jim Beheim's retirement. We all know that Beheim said after the Wake Forest loss that it was up to the university, and a few hours later, the university named Red Autry as the head coach in what looked like a hastily slapped together press release, and notably did not have a quote from Jim Beheim in it. Let's talk more about that. We've got the Juice Online editor-in-chief, Brad Beamer, on the phone now. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. So, Brad, we had a chance to collect our thoughts a few days after the Friday press conference. What did you think about how it all went down? Well, I'll kind of use the word that golfers use when they're playing, and that's a mulligan. It, it, it was a do-over, and Syracuse in the end, West got it right. But this whole situation in passing the torch from Jim Beheim after his illustrious 47-year career to Adrian Red Autry simply could have been handled better. Now, according to Athletic Director John Wildack at Friday's press conference, Beheim had told him a week previous that he was planning to retire. So that was prior to the big festive weekend to honor the 2003 national champions and retire the jersey numbers of Jerry McNamara and Akeem Warwick. So at that point, Wildack should have gotten with Chancellor Ken Severud and put a plan together. Let's have a couple of options. Option A, as soon as the Syracuse basketball season ends, how are we going to handle the inevitable question from the media that will be asked of Jim Beheim? is this it for you? Are you planning to retire? Let's have that plan in place. The other option is if the team for some reason keeps winning in the postseason, uh, let's have that plan ready for how we're going to handle it because it could be on the fly. It could be within hours or a day of that final defeat of the season. Think about it. If Syracuse had managed to beat Wake Forest and they had the ball in the end with a potential game-winning shot, well, then they would have advanced to Thursday in the uh, quarterfinal round, and none of this would have happened, of course, Wednesday in Greensboro. Then they played Miami in that game. Well, if they had happened to win because they played very close in the regular season, then they would be moving ahead to Friday's semifinals where they most likely would have played Duke as it turned out Duke advanced. So this should have been pre-planned. There was plenty of time to put it together. There was plenty of time to get everybody on the same page, and that should have been done. So what happened? Well, it all came together in Friday's press conference uh, at the Mellow Center when the official announcement came. And that was handled, you know, well. I mean, uh, great comments there from Severud, from John Wildhack, and, of course, very emotional for both Jim Beheim and Red Autry. So in the end, this could have certainly been handled a lot better, but they got a do-over and made good, and everything came out fine. Brad, Red Autry is the next head coach. Do you think he's going to be as successful as his predecessor? I think it's a great choice, Wes. I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's had no head coaching experience. I think in this day and age of college basketball, that's just not a mandatory requirement because the game has changed so often. Um, I went back and looked at Red's final game as, as a Syracuse player. Wow. I mean, you just had to remember what a great leader he was on the court. In his final game as an Orangeman player, he set an NCAA record and still a school record with 31 second-half points. He was held scoreless against Missouri in the Sweet 16 game, played in Los Angeles, and then had 31 points in the second half 
including the famous shot that he made while laying on the floor that was not a counted basket in, in college hoops. He was fouled before he, he shot the ball. But he was so clutch in, in, in the final uh, five minutes of regulation of that game. Syracuse ran out of steam in overtime against a very talented Missouri team and lost in that round. But I went back and looked at that game, and, wow, it really said a lot about Autry as the player. And it really has transferred over to Autry as a coach, moving up in the ranks from the high school uh, coaching, uh, brief high school coaching career, then moving into a director of operations position at Virginia Tech, and then uh, working on the staff of Seth Greenberg there, and really maturing before getting his opportunity and learning so much under Jim Beheim uh, as his mentor there. I think he's going to be a good choice. And funny story I wanted to share about that final game he played as an Orange player in Los Angeles. Well, of course, it was a very disappointing overtime loss by 10 to Mizzou. And uh, as Syracuse players filed off and headed to the locker room, Autry made a direct beeline to a payphone. So back 1994, there were still payphones around deep in the uh, bowels of the L.A. sports arena. And he immediately called up, made a collect call to his mom back in New York City. And he was really emotional, crying and talking to her. And I'll, I'll never forget that scene. Just happened to walk by and uh, he was in the midst of that phone call. So that's always a memory that stands out to me just after playing his heart out in a tremendous game for Syracuse immediately before even going into the locker room with his teammates, made that phone call to his mom back in, in, in Harlem. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a tremendous ambassador uh, for Syracuse University in the role that Jim Beheim played off the court. And I do think he's going to find success as he assembles his staff, gets his recruiting uh, uh, map laid out, how he's going to handle that in the world of transfers, name, image, and likeness, uh, and recruiting high school players, that he is in time going to be a successful coach at Syracuse. And Brad, we're running out of show. Any closing thoughts? And I want to stay, West on the theme of Autry being named Syracuse's head coach. And Syracuse University under Kent Siveroid has been known for its diversity. And now with Autry named as the head coach joining Dino Babers of the football team, Syracuse is just one of four FBS football schools that have African-American head coaches in football and basketball. And that really says something right there, joining Penn State, Temple, and Northern Illinois. And depending what Notre Dame does in replacing Mike Bray as head basketball coach, they also could be a, t a school that has both African-American football and basketball coaches. So I think it's really something that stands out. It shows Syracuse's commitment to diversity. Sure, Autry's the best candidate to be the head coach. The fact that he's African-American joining Dino Babers just adds to that uh, no notoriety of Syracuse being a diverse school in its hiring practices. So I'm going to focus my closing thoughts on the women's lacrosse team. They matched their best start in program history with a dominating 15-7 win over Notre Dame on Saturday. They're now 7-0. Talk about tough defenses. Syracuse has held its opponents to less than 10 goals for four consecutive games. Megan Tyrell with four goals in the win. She's now got 21 goals, 24 assists on the season. Simply an incredible season for her so far, an incredible start for the women's lacrosse team. Basketball season's over. Men's lacrosse is struggling, but there are some Syracuse teams that are doing really well. Women's lacrosse is definitely one of them. 
That's it for us. I want to thank my guest today, 2003 national champion Josh Pace, the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that yes actually means no 100% of the time when the question is, can I give you some advice? You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast, and we'll see you next time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.